Amen. Wow, it's good to be back. It's good to be here with the Scots, my Scots family. Appreciate all of you, and especially those of you who show up at New City week after week and hang in there through my sermons. What a, you are Marines for Jesus. I don't have much time, so let's, let's, let me get started. During my sabbatical, as Pastor Lowe mentioned uh, this past summer, we had the wonderful opportunity uh, to go to Japan. And yes, I was preaching on my sabbatical, just for a few. There's so much beauty, the image of God in that culture and people, the art, the landscaping, amazing. We went to one of the palaces, the, the history the technology, uh, just amazing, amazing people. We were in and near Tokyo, and so, so much order and neatness in that, around, in that city and around that city. The customer service was amazing. I mean, they make sure you are pleased with whatever service you order. They make sure it's right. If they don't like you, you will never know. People on the street stopped to help you, who didn't have to. They just saw you looking lost, and I know how to look lost. Theft is low. We saw people ride their bikes to the metro rail and leave them there all day without lock or chain. I'm from West Philly. I leave my bike outside for five minutes in West Philly. It's gone. In my neighborhood in Chattanooga right now, I couldn't leave it for more than a few hours, and it would be gone. My bike wouldn't last. Cars were clean. No dents in their cars. I mean, I, I watched, y'all. I mean, you see these cars going by, and I'm like, that looks pretty clean. That one's clean. That's, what? And then I said, no dents, not even a bumper. I mean, good grief. But their culture is still falling. Their sinners was like the rest of us. They are a shame culture. The image of perfection and strength is king. We were told that while we were there, there were middle schoolers who won't get out of bed to go to school. I've got to hit my timer. They're ashamed and depressed by their performance. The suicide rate in Japan is high. Marriages are dead, and so the birth rate is falling but people stay together to save face. So much unhappiness in this beautiful culture. And I am fearful that American culture is also now a shame culture as well. I say this because of what I see on social media. We project the image of look at me. See who I'm with. See what I'm eating. See where I am. Listen to what I have to say. It's all cool. It's all polished. It's strong. It's perfect. We want people to like us and follow us and retweet us so we can feel good about ourselves because others feel good about us. We're so busy now promoting our brand. 
have to keep the shame and the guilt and the weakness hidden. And it's killing us. When we are exposed for not being as cool as we project, or we are trolled, we fall apart. We fall apart. Or we live furious, bitterness, bitter lives. And by the way, I'm talking about Christians. Just in case you weren't clear, I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about us. It's us, family, my family, you and me. How do you view your weakness? Is there glory in weakness? Are you willing to be weak and seen as weak for the glory of Christ and the gospel? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, Paul writes these words. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Amen. Paul says in this wonderful letter of 2 Corinthians, his most personal letter, he says, first of all, in verse 7, that, we, that the glory of the gospel is revealed in weak messengers. Not strong messengers. Not perfect messengers. Weak messengers. He refers to these messengers as jars of clay. In this section of the letter, Paul is... Uh, talking about the, the glory of the new covenant. And he, in particular, wants to tell us, beginning in verse 1, that why he does not lose heart. In verse 1, he also comes back to that same statement in verse 16, so we do not lose heart. So in between those two statements about, his, about why his, he continues on in his ministry of the new covenant glory of God in Christ, in, the, in between those statements of why he doesn't lose heart as an apostle, he points to this truth that he's a weak vessel, a weak jar of clay. There are two images at work here in this jar of clay. One, in that culture of that day, clay jars were very common. One commentator calls them throwaway containers, kind of like your McDonald's McWhack box. They were used to transport olive oil, water, wine, grain, but also family treasures. No one paid much attention to these clay jars. They were ordinary. They were non-distinct good place to hide something valuable because no one would think anything valuable was in such a container. And they did hide their valuables there. 
If a clay jar was broken, no big deal. They were cheap and easily replaceable in that culture. What the clay jar contained, however, was more, was more important than the jar itself, per se. The other image, of course, comes from creation. When God created Adam in the garden, he made him from the dust of the earth, molding and shaping him like clay. Paul used this image of the clay jar to point to our human frailty and weakness. However, as servants of our Lord, we are, he loves our clay pot. We are not our clay jar because he's, he's speaking of our, our humanity is important to Jesus. It's not throwaway, so don't get, don't get it twisted. But he makes the point that this clay jar, Christian, contains a treasure as well. The treasure is what he says in verse 6 in particular. He calls that treasure, well, I love this statement. He calls it the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's what's in you, child of God. The treasure that's in you is nothing less than the power and presence of Christ. It is the gospel. And that treasure means everything. That treasure makes you priceless to the Heavenly Father. How is this treasure going to be seen if it's in the container? Just, you could just pour it out, right? But if you poured it out, then it's no longer in the container. It's supposed to be in the container. Glory the glory of the gospel only shines through cracked pots. You see, you, as a child of God, as a servant of the Lord Jesus, are meant to emanate that glory. It's meant to be seen, but it can't be seen unless you're cracked. There's got to be some fissures in your life in order for the light to eke out. The glory of the gospel is revealed, therefore, when we are under pressure. And that's what Paul says. I don't have time to work all of this out for you, but that's what he says. He says in verse 8 that we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Affliction. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. Perplexed. Be persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus. This pressure to be put upon you. This pressure when, when, when this treasure is in you and being manifest in you, it's, it's, it's going to mean there's going to come pressure on you that God himself will direct. Don't give the devil too much credit now. Yeah, he's going to be the main folk, the one, the main ant, uh, uh, antagonist here attacking the treasure in you. But hold it now. You have a sovereign heavenly father who's overriding the devil's plan to make sure that you are not destroyed. To make sure that you are not crushed. Oh, you may be cracked, but you're not crushed. 
It has to be this way. Because we want to promote our brand. We want to be seen as strong and mighty and wise and cool. We want everybody to think we have it all together. So God has to show us how weak you really are. On your Twitter feed or Facebook, though Facebook is passe now, I'm sorry. On whatever social media you're on, you, you, you're projecting <laughs> your brand. But Jesus wants to project his brand through you. There's a fight going on. You're, you're, you're promoting yourself. And Jesus says, hold it. I, you, I thought you belonged to me. I want to promote my glory. Pressure. Pressure. Pressure's not fun. Paul didn't say he enjoyed this. <laughs> He's not a masochist. He didn't say he enjoyed it. But he recognized its purpose. He recognized that this, this, when he is weak, something is going on. The treasure in you cannot be crushed. It cannot be defeated. Suffering and weakness are what reveals the treasure in you. When you project your image of human strength and human coolness and human togetherness, and when you project you, your brand, who, look at me, hear me, when you do that, you are fighting against the work of Christ in you. Because he's not interested in projecting you. You've already done that. Salvation, coming, Christ cutting you off, cutting, coming into your life is about taking you out of you so that he can be seen in you. He's transforming you not into your image, not into your best image of yourself or your best life now. He's transforming you into his image. And his image is the way of the cross. You don't get there without suffering. Paul got that. He, tells, he talks about it in chapter 12 of, his, of this great book. And he tells us, it was really beautiful when you look at it. He says, you know, hey guys, uh, in chapter 12, uh, we can start at verse 7, I think. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations. Don't miss that. Why was Paul, what was God doing? Keeping Paul from becoming conceited. Keeping Paul from promoting his brand. Keeping Paul from going on his social media account and telling everybody, man, look at me. I have, look, you, you want to know where I've been? I went to the third heaven. Where you been? <laughs> the third heaven makes Japan look like the alley behind my house in West Philly. And that's not a nice place to be, by the way. <laughs> Bad things happen in that alley. So to, be, to keep me from becoming conceited, there, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. He says it twice. That means it's really important. That's what it's about. 
Now watch this. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. Lord, take this thorn from me. We don't know what it was exactly. We've, I think it was physical illness of some type. I believe that, but that is up, it's just debatable. But whatever it was, it probably made Paul feel like if I didn't have this thorn in my flesh, I could be more available for ministry. I could be more successful at ministry. People would think I had it more together if I didn't show up and have this weakness in my life. People would look at me and say, man, I want to be like Paul. So he pleaded with God. But the Lord, but he said, but the, and the Lord says to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Oh, hold it, hold it, hold it. You mean to tell me the fact that I don't have it all together is a good thing? The fact that you struggle with depression, as painful as it may be, could it be? Could it be? The fact that you don't come from the perfect family. My dad was an alcoholic. I did not come from a perfect family. He was a sweet guy, though. He got even sweeter when he drank. My mom didn't appreciate it too much, though. Oh, boy, that was ugly. <laughs> could it be that whatever you think is hindering you, holding you back, could it be, could it be possible that God is saying to you, because it's not going away, whatever it is, it hasn't gone away. It could go away, but it hasn't gone away at this point. Whatever it is in your life, it hasn't gone. Could it be Jesus is saying to you, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect the idea is in your weakness. So when Paul got that, he didn't get that at first. He thought getting rid of his weaknesses, being able to project his image, to be like the super apostles. Remember, this is a personal letter, and Paul is combating the fact that some super teachers and preachers had come to Corinth, and they were showing out. They made Paul look stupid. They were eloquent. They were polished. Their sound system always worked well. I mean, they, they're, 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 their online brand was smooth, man. These guys had it going on. They could project an image of greatness and togetherness. You just wanted to be one of those guys. And Paul, and, but Paul is the true apostle. They were not. They were fakes. And Paul, I mean, he says, I'm not like these guys. And Jesus is like, that's right. That's right, you're not. So Paul got it. Because the next thing he says is, therefore. He's drawing a conclusion from what he's just said. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, for the sake of Christ, Say it with me. For the, come on, for the sake of Christ. Amen. You're out there. Then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. He got it. It's not the projection of a togetherness that gets the job done for the kingdom of God. It's the admission and, 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 and the admission of our weakness. 
It's the admission that now that yeah, I don't have it all together. Listen, listen, if y'all knew, listen, I got problems, y'all. Wouldn't that be interesting to see that on to see that on the social media? Christians on social media saying, I don't have it together. I'm depressed right now. My family's a mess. My grades are not what I want them to be. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Brand, my brand is in the toilet. But, but, Jesus is everything. But Jesus is glorious. But Jesus is great. But Jesus is my great treasure. And that is what's sustaining me. That's what sustained Paul. It was the treasure. It was Christ in him, his hope of glory. That's what sustained him. Every day he looked into the face of a loving Savior. No matter what was happening in the churches, no matter what was happening in the ministry, three or four times in Corinthians he lists his suffering. He keeps talking about his suffering. Read it for yourself when you get a chance. He keeps, why? Because he recognized not only was success, that is the miracles that came through him, the preaching and the churches, not only were those things proof of his apostleship, but what was also proof of his apostleship was his sufferings that left him weak and dependent upon Jesus for every breath, every step. This is countercultural. You see, Jesus' brand is indestructible. Jesus' brand is glorious. Jesus' brand is eternal. And you want to promote your brand? Your brand is temporary. Your brand is, is I mean, my goodness, your brand goes up and down. think you'd be better off promoting a, a, another brand. We want to project strength. Jesus wants to project weakness. Paul was fearful of being strong. We are fearful of being weak. Something's wrong. Do we have we missed the gospel? Covenant College, have you missed the gospel? A couple of quick applications real quick. We're just ordinary crackpots. When you spend more time and energy Seeking the glory of Jesus rather than trying to fix your crackpot and modify your crackpot and project your crackpot. The spring is coming. Spring by spring. If you're not willing to be weak, you're not ready to be wed.
you will end up with a bummer by next summer. <laughs> at the end of your day, it might be good on your knees to, as you go to, to sleep tonight at 3 in the morning from studying, of course. It might be good to ask God, whose image did we project today? Whose brand did I promote this past day? Why don't you ask him that? It's a good way to start your day, too, by saying, Lord, help me. Help me to be a vehicle of your glory. Manifest your brand in me. You can't do it, okay? You're asking him to do it. Manifest your brand in me. You who have been good to me, you have saved me, you have delivered me. Manifest your glory, manifest your brand, promote yourself. In everything that I do, whether I'm doing this or this or doing this or hanging out, promote your brand, manifest your glory. Remind me how weak I am. And keep me from being ashamed to admit my weakness. Because when I am weak, oh, hallelujah, that's when you are strongest in me. How about that? I leave you with the words of Psalm 103. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Watch this. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Watch this. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. May God get glory through all this dust.